Good morning. Good to see you here this morning. Really glad you came. We're in the middle of a message series that we've called Hometowns. So we've been talking about our built-in need for meaningful community. When God made us, he, he wired this into us, this desire to connect to a larger group of people. And this is a major advantage of following Christ, uh, the, the church community, especially in America, wherever you are. You, you can find a larger group to plug into that really helps as you walk through all of life. Uh, it's, it's not something you find on a map. It's not geographical community. It's not like here in this city or another city only, but it's a relational community. So the, these are, these churches, our churches are what God's put together to allow us to have a group that we're walking through life with. Turns out to be a really good thing. So we've been looking at <clears throat> different aspects. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm, I thought I was going to shield that from you, but sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, God, God's designed the church to be a place where you can belong, where you develop a bond with many people beyond your, your own immediate family, a place where you can know people, where they can know you, where you can say, these are my people right here. This is the group I'm walking through life with. So in, in every city and town, though, you see people who really want to head for the hills, and there may be something in you <laughs> that wants to head for the hills. Um, of course, there's a reality TV show that talks about the mountain men, and I'd like to show you a trailer from the mountain men reality show. mountains are a natural barrier. Here, man's ambition collides with the ultimate power of nature. Some men seek to live here beyond the bounds of civilization. They fight to survive, battling ruthless predators. Get out of here! And relying on ancient skills to feed, clothe, and sustain their families. I'm just doing the best I can with what I've got. This is the way any mountain man survives. From Alaska's northern range. The drop for me is there's no one else here. It's wild country. To Appalachia's Blue Ridge Mountains. From Maine's Great North Woods. This choice of going out into this mountain man life is a dream. To Montana's big sky country. Well, you don't come across many mountain men anymore. I'm a survivor. The last of their kind. 
to live freedom, live independence. I'll be a mountain man until the day I die. Come to me! They are mountain men. That that looks very cold. So I I don't have I yeah, I grew up in the city. I have no skills for survival. Yeah, like I go I go to like the nearest restaurant to grab my food. So I uh, I don't know about that. But the statements of the mountain men uncover some of the reasons they've done it. And I don't, I don't know if you can make them out. The draw for me is there's no one else here what one of the guys said this choice of going out into the mountain man life is a dream <laughs> nightmare for me <laughs> you you can live with freedom you can live independence there's a strong there's a pull in us you know after you've been in life for a while there's a pull to isolate to pull away to you know you've been maybe been hurt a few times um, in a group of folks or just by other people you just get busy with life. Life is just, whew, it's going by 100 miles an hour, and you're just trying to survive and thinking about connecting with people beyond what you already have on your plate is difficult. And most of us feel the need to get off the grid every once in a while. We, we really do want to. We, we weren't made, though, to live in complete isolation, and it's not wise to do so. We have our ways in the city of finding seclusion. Uh, there's actually been studies of the architectural style of homes and how that, the, the new styles, the new ways homes are built, and there's been sort of a throwback lately, but more houses today are being built to promote isolation and privacy and seclusion, not connection especially the entryway, the front porch, has, has mostly gone away. Um, in, in days past, it would be common to have a porch, and you could take a stroll in the neighborhood, and neighbors would be sitting on the porch, and you could engage them in a long conversation if you'd like to. But these days, that doesn't happen. You just you drive in the, the garage, shut the door, and... You're, you're disconnected from the people around you. In fact, the porch, I don't know if you've ever been to a Cracker Barrel restaurant. They're not in California, but this is the front porch, and I think this is quite a contrast, front porch of a Cracker Barrel in Las Vegas. It's a, new, it's a brand new Cracker Barrel in Las Vegas. That just cracks me up for some reason. I, I don't know, but that's quite a contrast there. But we, we, we like that. We want that. There's a draw to this. Look at that. They're enjoying one another. One man actually conducted a study called The Cultural Significance of the American Front Porch. Scott Cook, who's a lawyer from Austin, Texas, and he he says this, the American Front Porch represented the ideal of community in America. For the French Front Porch existed as a zone between the public and the private, an area that could be shared between the sanctity of the home and the community outside. Early in this series, we talked about how God gave us this built-in need 
for a community, to connect with other folks beyond ourselves. And even some of the, at least one of the mountain men uh, on that trailer, they talked about this desire to have quality, satisfying relationships with their families. Hey, I'm out here and I'm providing for me and mine. We're going to be here and we're going to connect with no one else around. And, you know, if we're honest, we want community, we want to be connected, but at the same time, we have moments when we would duck around the corner to avoid it. We, we just try to dodge it. It takes a concerted effort on our part to get connected with other people. It's, if we're going to connect, it's up to me to take the initiative. And it's up to you to take the initiative. In church life... If we don't take the initiative to connect, we never experience the blessing God intended for community. This, this blessing he intends to be lived out in the context of a church family, a church community. This is important because God made us to connect to a community beyond ourselves. He made us for this. We, we thrive. We do better in this context. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. 12 through 13, it says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. This is one of Paul's favorite metaphors for the church. The church is referred to as a, a family, an army, and a body, the church body. How we're actually the eyes and arms and legs of Jesus. And we're here to do what he wants us to do. And so... He's talking about the body of Christ, and he says, Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Paul uses the imagery of the body here to help us understand a spiritual reality. And that reality is when you decide to follow Christ, when you give your life to Christ and you trust him with it, then he, he makes you a part of his body in a spiritual sense. And so you, you are connected from that time on to, to people beyond yourself. When he refers to the many parts of the body, the different parts, it's a very creative way to describe the diversity among us. We're, we're different people with unique personalities, giftings, backgrounds and ethnicities but this diversity adds strength to the body as we work together to do God's will as we work together to be Jesus hands and feet here in this world when the passage mentions Jews or Greeks slaves or free these are the strongest possible contrasts that he could have made in his society between people of national, religious, and social life. It was a stark contrast. Paul is highlighting the incredible unifying power of the Holy Spirit. When we work together in church community, Jesus doesn't destroy our distinctions, but he gives us the, the ability to overcome the sharp divisions that could, could be made by them. If we decide not to head for the hills... <laughs> and take initiative to plug into the local church, there's some incredible benefits. And I'm going to be looking at those all through this, 
this message today. But here are some of the benefits of being connected. Friendships and encouragement. Over a lifetime, there, there are ups and downs. And it's deeply encouraging to walk through the downs with others and to share the joys that gets multiplied. There, there is strength in walking through a really tough time with other people where you know they're behind you, they're walking with you. There, that strengthens you in a way that you don't find. And, and to celebrate with others is fantastic. I remember my, my son uh, married his wife, Gina, my son Thad, who was up here a while back uh, doing the announcements. But um, he married his wife, Gina, in Texas. But it was, it was a very meaningful time to have a reception with everyone here in California. It was a couple weeks after the wedding. And that, that, that is to have the ability to celebrate life and what the key events and the things that are going on in life is a beautiful thing. This is what God intends. Friendships give you a sense of well-being in life that you can't experience any other way. And it's amplified in the church body as we walk through life together and try to do God's will as, as a whole. Another benefit of connecting to a church community is having an extended family who, who's for you. They're on your side. Parenting is helped when kids have more examples than just their parents of living for the right things. I really, I really appreciate the folks that when my kids were growing up, they're, they're done now, you know, they're grown up. But when they were growing up, I appreciate the folks who, who invested in them through the student ministry. It made a tremendous difference in their lives. Because you have, you have somebody who's, you know, parents, just not cool. Okay? But you have, if you have somebody who's just a little further along than them or whom they think might be cool, that really helps. I remember Thad was going through a tough time. He had back surgery, my son Thad, and he was, he was very uh, focused on baseball, wanted to play baseball in college. He got hurt, and Josh De La Rosa, who's now the pastor of uh, Orangecrest Community Church in Riverside, he was our student ministry person. He led the student ministry, directed it, and Thad one day came back from the doctor, and he found out his junior year was done. For baseball, that's the year that all the coaches are looking at you and wanting to recruit you. And uh, he he was really down. So I called Josh and I said, "Hey, Josh, just if you could just pray for that." And uh, Josh came over and he said, "You know, Thad, Josh could say this. His dad couldn't. I, I'm still crying about this. <laughs> Sorry." He said, you know, Thad, everybody's watching you right now, and they want to know what you're made of. Your whole team, everybody around, they know you follow Christ, and they want to see what you're made of. Josh could challenge him in a way I couldn't. Thad never looked back from that day on, in terms of his walk with the Lord. God really used that in his life. Godly adults. Uh, an extended spiritual family for kids to follow and interact with. 
what an advantage for kids to have older brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, so to speak, to invest in them. This is highly valuable. If, if you're single, you can be an aunt and uncle. You can be an older brother or sister and make a meaningful investment in the lives of the kids around here, in the lives of the families as you help support. This is a powerful contribution that you can make. This, this, is, this is the value of having a hometown church community. Not, not geographic, not on a map, but relational. And I see this all the time here in Church in the Valley. It's a choice to stay connected to the church community. Hebrews 10 talks about this. Look at verses 24 and 25 in Hebrews 10. Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. It's one thing to find a church community and plug in, but it's quite another thing to stay connected over the long haul. The passage says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. In other words, don't unplug. It's so easy to do. But it's hazardous to your spiritual health to unplug from the church community. Why do you think some people give up meeting together? Past hurts and disappointments? Misunderstandings? being overwhelmed with everything that's going on in life, getting distracted by what's happening. This verse is telling us, and you don't have to read too, too much between the lines to understand it, saying it takes initiative to stay engaged. Because a lot of people start, but staying engaged takes a ton of initiative. Here's a fall community recreation guide. From Diamond Bar. And this is, this is a beautiful piece of literature. It, it really is. This is, this is what we, we get this in, in our mailbox all the time. And um, it's beautiful. It informs the community of the opportunities for being involved that are available. Uh, but a Diamond Bar reference, look at, look at the second page of this thing. This is great. My favorite is Barktober. You can go to the park, take your dog, and you can have a, a park day with your dog. Barktober. I just think that's great. But, but, you know, there are several opportunities, and the city here is really good at providing the opportunities and communicating the opportunities that are available. But if you don't sign up and show up, you're never going to connect. You're never going to be involved in the community. And I'm not pitching community involvement as much as I'm, I'm saying it's the same in church life. If, if, you, if you don't take the initiative to connect, then you stay disconnected. And it takes, it takes initiative over and over and over again. Hebrews 10 gives some of the benefits of staying connected. First of all, motivation to love and good works. As we see others giving themselves to good, their example sparks something in us. This happens to me all the time. I'll just be around people, and they'll tell me what, what either God's teaching them or something that God's led them to do. 
And that, that really sparks a motivation in me to do the same, to do good. And this is one of the key resources that the Holy Spirit uses. Once you follow Christ, we talked about the new birth uh, last week. Once you're born again, uh, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. And then the way you grow in your walk with the Lord is you... Uh, make yourself available to the resources that the Holy Spirit uses. One of those resources is the community of the church. If you don't, if you don't connect, then you never experience the growth and the help that's there as you follow Christ. The Holy Spirit uses the examples. He uses the church body to provide a powerful motivation toward the right things. And it, it can go unnoticed sometimes. But that's one of the benefits of staying connected. Second benefit is growth in Christ. It's, it's hard enough to get past ourselves and continue to connect with others. But we have an enemy who makes it a full-on battle to connect and stay connected. A major strategy, strategy in battle is to isolate the enemy, cut them off from their resources, cut them off from the other troops, and destroy them. And that's what our enemy, the devil, tries to do with us, constantly, trying to get us disconnected. He tries to do this. He wants to isolate us from the help that we get when we're plugged into a church community. Isolation's not wise. Proverbs 18.1 says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. To try to do life in isolation is is unwise it's foolish because if you're trying to build a future you you have to learn to work with other people you have to if you really want to build a good future you need other people to help with that both spiritually in raising kids and life in general it goes against common sense this passage is saying to isolate ourselves from the help that god wants us to get we're fortified by having a community around us. So the enemy knows this. Satan knows this. And so he keeps wanting to pull us away from one of God's major resources for growth. The church body, the church community. We grow by connecting and the church is built up as well as we serve the common good. Every Christ follower has a unique role to play in the church. And it's remarkable to look in this room and see so many different people with different experiences and abilities and giftings and know that each of us can contribute in so many diverse ways to what God's doing here. Paul started many churches and he consulted with many leaders of those churches after he moved on to start the next church. And this is what he says about using our energy and gifts and abilities to build up the church. 1 Corinthians 12. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. God, in all his intelligence and creativity, uses people in different ways. And he gives each of us a specific role within the community. 
The gifts mentioned here are spiritual gifts. When somebody decides to make Jesus boss, they're born again. Like I mentioned, we we talked about it last week. At their new birth, they're given a spiritual gift, at least one spiritual gift, that they can use to build the kingdom of God through the church community. This This is what God does. It's an amazing thing. Spiritual gift is a special ability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer at their conversion to be used to minister to others and therefore build up the body of Christ. Spiritual gifts are not for personal use. They're meant for the common good. You saw this in 1 Corinthians 12. And you also see it here in 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. You have to be connected to the church to use your gifts. If you disconnect, you miss the joy of seeing God use you in the lives of other people. He, he wants to use you to bless and to help. And as we work to do our part, God's power is on display through ordinary people. That spark occurs. Things happen. And I, I, I really, I really, I personally appreciate the gifts that God's blessed those around me with because they challenge me in areas where I'm not gifted, a little weaker, and somebody comes along with a gift of faith or a gift of serving, and I'm motivated to do the same thing. This is what God intends. He intends that the different gifts, nobody has all the gifts. If you think you do, you're in trouble. (laughs) Nobody has all the gifts. So we need each other. We're interdependent. We need to serve together and help each other because everyone's needed to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. Here are some benefits of serving, using your gifts to uh, accomplish God's mission for us. When you engage in the community and decide to make it something you're willing to be all in for, then you experience these benefits. First one is growing faith. God grows your faith as you extend yourself to work with others in the church. Faith is valuable because we need faith at the points where our life is out of control. It's beyond our, I'll say beyond our control. It's not out of control maybe, but things are beyond our control. We just, we need healing. We need God to do that. You need faith. You go crazy without it. You got to trust something. Got to trust someone. Why not trust the one who made us to help us through those times? So faith grows as we work together and even as, as we pitch in and we're trying to extend ourselves as a, as a church body to grow and to make a difference in our community. We're, we're walking through this life and we're trusting God to provide. And that grows our faith. A very valuable thing, faith is. Second, character growth. That's another benefit. When you serve within the church, your character grows because character grows under pressure. And working together can reveal the things we need to change, the habits, the attitudes, the the struggles that, that we need to change. Another benefit is sharpened skills. 
When you participate in the church community, you, you can learn transferable skills. Many of our members have gained leadership skills, problem-solving skills, event planning skills, and marketing that's helped in other parts of their life. This is, this is what happens here. Another benefit is you have examples that challenge you. When we're active in the church community, we see the examples of people further along than us, and it motivates us toward the good. We also have the benefit of significant living. Overall, we can be a part of something bigger than ourselves as we do our part to contribute. Uh, our, Our native ambition is too small. It is. Good people, I've found, want to do something significant with their lives. And as a church body, we have the opportunity to do something eternally significant together. As people come to know Christ, as they grow up in him, these things are eternally significant. In this message, we've looked at three major ideas. The need to connect the importance of staying connected, and using our energy and gifts to build up the community. I'd like to take, take a moment to sort of locate ourselves on a map, so to speak. Uh, you know, I occasionally I don't like to, but occasionally I use the map in an airport or a mall to figure out where I am and where I need to go, especially if I have to get to the next flight quickly. Um, then I'm willing to humble myself and not try to figure it out on my own. But we need, we need the map. And on the map, what does it say? It says, you are here. It gives you a big dot. Here, here's a map. This is a subway map. I, you really need these on a subway. <laughs> you are here. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is give a map of sorts for you to figure out where you are so you can know what the next step is to take. If you're new to CIV and you come sporadically, that's where you are. That's okay. Uh, Your next move may be uh, to come more regularly, to add add a couple weeks a month or every so often to, to attending. If you've been coming regularly but you're not involved, it may be time to begin to serve, to use your energy and wiring and gifts to help in the church. You can let us know that by checking Helping the Church, Helping Church and Valley is Needed on the back of your connection card. If you've been coming and you're involved but you feel disconnected, it may be time just to take the initiative to connect, to talk to somebody, to take the first step. Maybe you've been waiting for someone to take the first step toward you and... You want to take the next step towards someone else. If you're super involved and you feel burned out, you may need to let somebody know you're drowning. Don't don't go down in isolation. Let somebody know and sort it out with them. Maybe you're wrapped up in a lot of tasks. You love it. You're, You're wrapped up in the tasks. You need to slow down and remember who you're serving and why you're serving and what's going on. How, how does this load you're carrying help move God's purpose forward in the world? Who, who can you talk with about this this next week? If you've been around a long time and you're a leader and you carry a lot of responsibility, in church, you may need to focus on encouraging those around you 
taking a little inventory and seeing what people need and how could they be encouraged and consider how to make more of an investment in the folks around you. The good news is, wherever we are on the map, we can take the next step. Initiative, though, is required to get connected, to stay connected. I encourage you to think through, where, where am I? And where do I need to be? I'm going to wrap up the message by looking at some next steps that you might want to take. Uh, I have some suggestions, and then there's one where you could just think through on your own what God might want you to do. Uh, first and only next step I'm suggesting is to identify where you are and take your next step toward community. And then God may have spoken to you as I've walked through the message about something, and you can just write that in. That's on the back of your connection card. It's also on the bottom of your listening guide. As you think that through, I want to pray, and then we'll receive the offering. You can drop your connection card in the the offering as it comes by. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth of your word that shows us your intent for this group, this church body that you put together called Church in the Valley. We thank you for the way you work in it and through it. And I pray, God, that you'd really help each of us to get a firm grasp on where we're at on the map so that we know which direction we need to go as you guide us, Lord. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.